uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. You have heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among yourselves from the day you heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. This you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant. He is a faithful minister of Christ on, our, on your behalf and he has made known to us your love in the spirit. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Uh, well, since you mentioned Corinthians, uh, it's, it's really good, Corinthians. The first chapter of Corinthians actually has a few similarities to first chapter of Colossians in, in terms of the talking about similar things. And so 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who have been saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Uh, when we look at the Colossian world, uh, the Colossian world was uh, a world where people were looking for the secret knowledge uh, to the success in life. What, what is this secret uh, to living well, to succeeding, to be one of the successful people in life? What, what is the secret? And so they're forever looking for something new uh, in order to make life work better, something new in order to understand. Uh, secret knowledge is what they were looking for. I don't know how about you, but I like learning things. Uh, I like learning lots of different things. Uh, I find it really interesting. I like doing a project. Uh, most summers I'll, I'll have a different project of one sort or another. Uh, Hamish and I did a project together. We built an outdoor cage for the lizard and that was great. Built it all from scraps. I, I realized, Hamish, where the wire that we've put on the front came from. It used to be on one of the windows. Don't worry, the, the window's got new wire, <laughs> but, uh, but I finally figured that out. One of the projects that I worked on just for, for me when the, you know, after the kids had gone down whilst they're asleep was I built a 3D printer, so I had to figure out a whole bunch of things. There's a whole bunch of learning, and this week I designed something, so I had to learn how to design things in 3D, and that, that was interesting. And I was so happy when I went to bed and I set the printer to print and got up in the morning and looked at what I printed and it looked exactly the, the way it did in the software and that was great. And then I went to put the thing inside that I printed a case for a, a little screen and so it had three parts. It was quite complex. And I realized it didn't fit. Now, the, the secret I've missed out on was uh, the material that I use, ABS, shrinks a little bit when you print it. And so that was the secret knowledge that I was missing. So I hadn't accounted for that. I'd made it millimeter perfect, and that was millimeter not perfect. But here's another secret for you. 
uh, nail polish remover, acetone. It's really good molding plastic together, it joins it. Completely irrelevant to you in your Christian walk, what I've just shared. But secret knowledge kind of makes the world go around. What's the secret to this? How do you achieve that? What's the secret shortcut to making things work? That's what the Colossians were looking for. The, the secret to making life work. What I've learned over time as a person living in the world is following Jesus actually is the secret to life going well. Putting a priority on living for him uh, and not side projects <laughs> is what makes life go well. But life is complex. Life is full of things, full of different priorities, projects uh, that can stress us out and consume our time and our thoughts. And the Colossian church lived in that kind of space, uh, full of many religions, uh, many options, many people saying this is the way to get rich and be successful. Uh, they were surrounded by many people with, with gnosis. If you think about someone uh, who's Gnostic, they have secret knowledge about God. Uh, the, the version of Gnostic uh, these days is you, you look to someone that has lots of money and they tell you the secret to their success. And what you find out a little bit further down the road is they've made all their money telling other people about the secret to success. <laughs> uh, so, but, but we see today people look for... What are, what are 10 secrets to quick meals? What are, what are 10 secrets to building wealth? What's the top 10 secrets to uh, real estate growth, improving your home, improving your relationship, improving your sex life, everything? You, you can find the top 10 for everything, right? <laughs> yeah, I said that word in church. Yeah, that's okay. God invented it. Uh, <laughs> so, but... People are looking for the secret to life, aren't they? And so the Colossian church had come to faith in Christ and they'd seen the importance and the value and it had changed them as people. But then they were surrounded by a world that was saying, well, you need to have this. You need to do this in order to be successful. And so they were, they were struggling to walk uh, in the simplicity of faith that we are called to walk in. I'd love if you can open your Bibles. So everyone should have a Bible in the little slot in front of them. We're on page 956. Uh, so Colossians uh, exalts Jesus and instructs us in the basics of how do we live the Christian life. So over the next uh, few months, we're going to step through Colossians and hear the instructions that God has for us on how we can live a faithful life following Jesus together. Uh, Paul, it starts, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. So th th this is who is writing. Uh, to the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. To the saints and faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, often the, the image of who we are as 
Christians is we're not good enough, we do not measure up, we are unholy, and we come before a holy God. That's, that's kind of the conversation and the words that are often uh, put out uh, about us. But actually we're addressed in this letter, because this is a letter to the church, to the saints. So if you're a Christian, you are called a saint. What is that? You're a, you're a set apart, you're a holy, you're a special person. Uh, often we say things... Uh, about God and about us that sounds right but is not true. Uh, the, the, the only one holy is you, God. There's no one else that is holy. Actually, you've been made holy by the blood of Christ. And, and so quite a lot of church teaching in years gone past is about elevating God, and that's not a bad thing, but uh, doing it through diminishing us. But actually... Here we're addressed as the saints, God's holy people, set-apart people. You are a saint. Why? Because you've done anything? No, but because Christ has called you, made you clean, invited you to be part of God's family. You are, you are a holy person. Uh, the Bible often talks about the righteous and the upright. And in, in life, uh, we look around in middle-class Australia and we see the upright and the righteous and we often see success. And so when we look around at the upright and the righteous and see success, we, we might go, what's your secret to life working well? And psychologists and counsellors and schools will all have different ideas about it. Colossians is about recentering God's people and the truth that actually success in life comes through knowing, understanding, and following the will of God. Some people will read the Old Testament and hear about the righteous and the upright and go, well, I know what that looks like. I've just got to do the right thing. But when it speaks of the righteous, and this is something I've been trying to help us understand over the last year, when it speaks of the righteous, the righteous person is not righteous in their own eyes, self-righteous, uh, they're actually doing what is right in God's eyes. So when you are being righteous, you are seeking to do what is God's will, not what you perceive as being right. Uh, a lot of the people in middle-class Australia will have an idea of what is right, but without necessarily a foundation for it. For us as Christians, our foundation of what is right comes from what is the will of God. So in order to do what is righteous and be upright we, we are seeking to understand what the will of God is and so Colossians in, in some ways uh, this first 15 verses is, is a little bit back to front because uh, Paul tells us what what he sees and then he tells us what he's been praying I'm going to read what he's been praying and then we'll talk about what he sees in verse 9 it says for this reason since the day we heard it we've not ceased praying for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of God's will with all spiritual wisdom and understanding that is spiritual wisdom and understanding is not something that comes from below it's something that comes from above you can study scripture until you're completely exhausted and completely miss the truth of the gospel you see, knowledge and understanding from God requires our hearts to be open. Knowledge and understanding from God, as I read in 1 Corinthians, can appear foolish to the knowledge of this world. And so we need God to 
give us understanding of his will. Uh, so in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, uh, that you may be filled, so that you may lead lives worthy of the Lord. What is You know the will of God, therefore you can live a life worthy of the Lord by pleasing him, by following his will. When you follow his will, you bear fruit in every good work as you grow in the knowledge of God. And may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. May you be prepared to endure everything with patience uh, while joyfully giving thanks to God the Father. So this is what he's been praying for them. Uh, He's reminding them, verse 13, they've been rescued from the power of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now verse 3, this is what he says. This is what he says he sees. In our prayers for you, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Uh, he, he sees their faith. Uh, he's heard of their faith. Their faith is worth talking about. They've stood out uh, because they have a faith in Jesus. And so in the, in the Colossian world, they had stood out from the rest of the world. They've been different. And so at some point, other people have gone and looked to them and gone, you've got some kind of secret knowledge. And actually, they've been not secret with it. They've freely given it away, been generous. And maybe that's one way of distinguishing the secrets of the world versus the secrets of God. See, the mysteries of God are made plain to us so that we may freely share them. Made plain to us so that we may freely share them. Mysteries of the world are often sold for money or personal gain. People write books uh, about how to be successful and make their money writing books telling you how to be successful. So how do you be successful? Figure out how to write a book so that other people can be successful. <laughs> that, that's the, the truth. Uh, what's contained in the book is often either how they did that or something else. But that's the truth of that secret that's been sold for money. But the gospel is freely given. And at one level can seem simple, and yet as you grow as a Christian, living it out is complex in life. So he's heard of their faith. Uh, Verse 5, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. The, The love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. How can we love other people well uh, if my hope is in what I can achieve in this world alone? Then I'm going to love people within my capacity, (laughs) uh, making sure that I have enough for me. But if my hope is in heaven, I can be abundantly generous with, with everyone with my time and my money, my investment, because I know that my investment here poured out is stored up for me in heaven. I don't need to worry about my future because he's got that. And so their, their hopes laid up in heaven. You've heard of this hope before in the word of truth. So that is there, there are people that look up in faith to Jesus and look down at the, the word of truth, the gospel that has come to you just as it is bearing fruit. And so that is the, the gospel is really simple at, at some levels that God created the world out of love. People 
went the other way and have lived apart from his ways, have lived unrighteous lives, so that is not the way of God. Uh, God sent his son Jesus in order to redeem us, in order to bring us back into the family, into his will, and you are now included in the family of God. We, we, over the last few weeks, have been looking at what it means to be a member of the family of God. And some of the things we've talked about is we are led by the Spirit. What does the Spirit do? Lead us into the will of God. Uh, we have a shared faith. That is, we know who God is. We, we can declare it and, and we express His love in this world. And so, if you want to live that out, you need to know God's will. And so as Christians, what we do is we look down at Scripture in order to understand His will. And we pray that God will give us that understanding because sometimes that discernment isn't always clear. And so you've heard of this hope before in the word of the truth, the gospel that has come to you. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the world, so it has been bearing fruit amongst you. So he's been praying for this and this is what he's seen. He's seen that actually as the gospel is uh, received and as people grow in understanding of what that means and as people take on this new identity as saints, as Christians and live this out in the world, that actually that is bearing fruit. What does fruit look like? Uh, It's fruit in character, uh, individually, but then character expressed in community. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, love, uh, self-control, goodness, uh, all those fruits expressed in community create really healthy uh, relationships. Uh, When you're expressing love through generosity, it creates really healthy, well-connected community where people feel valued. The gospel has been bearing fruit because no longer is it, I need to take what's mine, I need to find the secrets. I need to live for myself in order to be elevated above others. It is, I'm going to be wrapped up in this truth of the gospel and live this in relationship with other people and believe that this will not only change me, it will change them and change the world we live in. And they've seen that result. But you know, as time goes on and as that first... uh, understanding of grace uh, like the the glimmer of it diminishes we we forget our first love or our first hope we can begin to look for for other things to give us hope and life and so this is the place the colossians find themselves in Uh, paul is celebrating these really good things uh, that have been handed to them by epaphras a fellow servant uh, who's made uh, known uh, their love But Paul wants them to continue in this. Uh, He wants them to be renewed in this and to grow in this. Uh, Colossians is going to really help us in clarifying how how do we live today. They lived in a pluralistic world, lots of religions, lots of ways, uh, lots of hopes. Uh, We live in a pluralistic world with lots of ways, religions and hopes. Uh, We need to learn what they learn. So this week, what's what's the learning? What's the teaching for us? I th- I think it's a discernment that actually the world's trying to convince us that there are ways of living that are very different to the ways of Christ. 
the discernment to know what is the way of Christ and what is the way of the world and the difference is really important. The discernment to know this is what we believe and this is the word of truth revealed to us in the gospel and this is the, what the world believes about us, about God, about the future, eternity, is really important. You see, we are subtly influenced by the world we live in and that uh, can cause us to take really subtle steps away from the truth of the gospel. And so what that sometimes requires of us is to take big steps back, to really bury ourselves in truth and invite God to make that knowledge known to us. You know, when I studied at Ridley, I was astounded at the amount of Bible commentaries that were written by people that didn't know Jesus. People that had studied Scripture, studied the history, pulled the text apart in the original language, unpacked it all, ripped it apart and didn't find Jesus in the middle. Why is that? We can study, you can know lots of things, but you can only know Jesus as the Spirit opens your heart and that knowledge takes that 18-inch journey from our heads down to our hearts and changes our lives. The truth of the Gospel is it has changed my life. I know changed lots of your lives. And God wants to use that Gospel to change lots of other people's lives. But we need the vulnerability to say, this is where I'm at. Actually, I need a refresh in the truth of the Gospel. I need you, God, to help me to understand freshly what it is this message that changed, turned upside down the world so that it may turn my world upside down so that I may begin to live not in a way that's righteous in the ways of the world but a way that is right in the eyes of God. I'm not going to give you five secret steps <laughs> but I'm going to give you one solid hope that as you turn to God Read scripture, seek his will, he will make it known to you. As you look in hope and faith and say, God, restore to me joy in my salvation, he will restore it to you. That even if you are not faithful, he is faithful. And he will continue to pursue, as long as there is breath in your body, your alignment with his will and purpose in life.